Hello and welcome to another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I hope everyone is well. And I'm joined by two good friends of mine as well. So first of all, hello, Kieran. How are you? Hello. Very good, thank you. And and how are you, Shorsha? I'm, I'm doing well. A uh, bit disappointed Ireland lost to rugby. We're knocked out of the Rugby World Cup and England are still in it, even though Ireland are considered better but you know we had New Zealand you guys had Fiji so you know um but uh anyway welcome to the rugby podcast <laughs> spend the tired take recording talk about rugby no we won't now, everything I know about the rugby world cup I have just found out yeah no I <laughs> what you said well, just then uh well anyway also introducing uh Laura Cress hello hi <laughs> it's, this is the first time that we're both recording together Yay. since January. So, oh wow! Gosh. Um, but I just want everyone to know that we haven't fallen out. We're still friends. <laughs> it's not. That's not the reason. Well, it just seems all. to be any time I do it, sure she's not here. Yeah, What's that about? it's always a yeah, thing. Exactly. Well, you had, despite the fact that you've tried to stage a coup not once but twice it's by true. hosting the podcast. Uh, even though I asked you to in my absence. Yes, but let, it's let, kind let, of a let, weird fact. too in that I know, case. yeah, that I'm asking <laughs> Um No, but thank you for that, Laura. You you came to the That's rescue right. twice. Um, and uh, some people might say it was better with two hosting. <laughs> no, <laughs> who'd say that? <laughs> well, th- this year, actually, we can go straight into the... Actually, no, first of all, um, before we go into the news, uh, which games are you guys going to talk about? So, Kieran, which games are you going to talk about today? Yeah, so today I'm talking about uh, Beyond the Edge of Owlsgard, which is a, a very traditional, almost like something at the 90s style point-and-click adventure game, and uh, Whispers in the West, which is a cooperative detective game. Yeah, which I think all three of us have played at least some cases of it, I think. So yes, we can all have a discussion. Uh, well, thank you for that. And Laura, which games will you be reviewing? I will be v- reviewing Underground Blossom, which is from the Rusty Lake series, and I, I will be reviewing the Isle Tide Hotel, which is an FMV by Wales Interactive. Very nice. And I'll be reviewing the climate change thriller End of Lines and uh, Fort Solace, which is set on Mars. And that's been, well, that's been getting a lot of promotion. Uh, so we'll be talking about those. But um, uh, we'll, shall we start with the news? Because there has been a bit of news. I mean, not maybe not a huge amount, but some big things happening. And first, first of all, now speaking, um, the, the biggest news of all, I would say that this is all anyone is talking about now uh, around the world, not just in gaming, but outside of gaming, nothing else interesting happening. That is the fact that the Adventure Games podcast did not win the People's Choice Podcast Award. Can you guys believe that? We were robbed. We were robbed. Absolutely. <laughs> it was it was rigged. Who did? We uh oh let's see. It was I think two nerds in a pod oh, right. uh would. Okay. So congratulations to Congrats. them. But uh yeah, we were robbed. So people have been out protesting and looting and everything. So uh what I would say is just call for restraint. We always have next year. Um so I, I have two like uh a uh, quick response. I could have an immature response, which would be to say, no. "This is the Let's no, no, the last episode of all time." Or I could have a mature response, which would be something along the lines of, "Thank you, everyone, listening sincerely for voting for us, because these are the only yeah. podcast awards that uh, are voted by the public." So, thank you sincerely to everyone. It was a huge honor to be nominated. There's many great podcasts there. Uh, that were nominated and both won and didn't win. And uh, I had a great time watching the awards. And um, so we'll see what happens. And still plenty to look forward to next year. So 
Do you prefer that response? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. I okay. Well, yeah. So, uh, but in other news, that is actually more important. Unfortunately, it's not great news we've had this past month. Um, and first of all, there's been uh, pretty much every major gaming company have announced layoffs, uh, Epic Games and... Uh, oh, what's the other one? Uh, with several others. Well, Epic, Naughty Dog, they've announced layoffs. And you think that that's a successful company. Um, and just in the tech sector in general. And kind of worryingly, Telltale, well, we're forced to announce layoffs. Mm. Um, there was uh, a guy on Telltale uh, who used to work for Telltale. I be- believe it was... Uh, oh, his name was... Uh, I have it here now. You see, I do... Uh, when he goes by Josh John, jo, Jonah Johnson, JJ, J Jonah Jonah jo- Huang. Yes, thank you, Laura. See, proper journalist right there. <laughs> uh, Jonah Huang announced on Twitter that, uh, and in his words, he said that most, uh, the Telltale laid off most of the people on the Wolf Among Us uh, 2 team. Uh, and then he called for uh, games uh, to games industry to unionize. Uh, then Telltale later that day put out a statement and basically they said that due to market conditions, they had to let go of some staff from Telltale, that they didn't take the action lightly, but that all current projects in development are still in development and uh, they have no further updates at this time. So, well, what do you guys think about this? Uh, Laura, it's, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. What yes. What is your understanding of this? What are your thoughts should we well, be I mean, worried <laughs> i think it's interesting to see he so jonah tweeted about this uh, saying you know telltale laid most of us off early september so he announced this early october a few days ago so tell before this people didn't realize this had happened that telltale had laid people off and they didn't they even didn't even bother to announce that this had happened um, obviously, people are under NDAs and things like that. So that might be why people who had been laid off didn't feel like they could talk about it. But I think it's uh, it doesn't seem it doesn't sit well that they, you know, there's not they didn't even bother to kind of announce this. And they they then did announce that this happened, but only after he put that tweet out. And obviously, people picked up on it and then they confirmed it. I think some journalists were asking, is this true? What's happened? Um so yeah, that doesn't seem great. The fact that he says um he's claiming that you know a lot of the team that works on the Wolf Among Us 2 um has been laid off. I mean, it's already been pushed back to 2024, hasn't it? So I think that was to kind of avoid crunch, but um he's he said, you know, he's not able to comment on its status because of a NDA. So I, I will say, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great for the Wolf Among Us 2. Yeah, Kieran, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, it's it's worrying and it's it's upsetting. Um, it feels like this exact story has has happened many times now. Mm. It's happened twice, even with with, with Telltale, um, and when we covered recently, um, uh, Didalic, yes, um, going under as well. And yeah, it it feels like um, there are, there are lots of there are lots of independent um, developers um, which are doing quite well with adventure games, and there are also quite a lot of adventure games now. More adventure games coming out from big publishers um, and big developers as well. So I I don't think this is um, necessarily an indication of of the market, but there's certainly it's it's a bit worrying that um, quite a, quite a few uh, developers this this same story has happened to. Yeah, this is the second time I believe that Jonah Huang has been laid off by Telltale. So that's 
very unfortunate. And I, I mean, I think on a human level as well, you know, I have seen people on Twitter post, you know, say that they're looking for jobs that they, they're experienced people as well in the games industry. And they're posting, say, here's a link to my CV if anyone is interested. And then they said that they have, there was one person who had a graph of all the companies that they had applied for and uh, they hadn't heard back from a lot of them. And it, 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 and it must be devastating, I think, to be mm. in that position and to know that you laid off for no reason, like no fault of your own, and then to try and find work then as well. So on a human level, it is uh, very devastating and disappointing. But um, I, I mean, yeah, it is also worrying that Telltale didn't announce it, that they were forced to announce it. I think yeah, they, they tried to sneak that under, didn't yeah. they? They just thought they'd get away with that. And But also, this was around the same time, I, I believe, as when they acquired Flavorworks. Yes. I'm not saying that this is related. We don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe it yeah. was a case of they they weren't able to announce it yet yet until they. But it does. It's a, it was a month, you know. Yeah, that, they didn't <laughs> it's not say like anything, if it had been yeah. a few days after. Fair enough, and maybe yeah. there were some documental things why they couldn't. But it does feel a bit like they just tried to not announce it and get away with it. Yeah. So again, status the wolf among us too. We'll see. Now, the one thing I will say is that, as I mentioned, other game companies are also laying off staff, which is devastating by itself. But it's not just Telltale. And they have said so far that their projects are still in development. So, so far, it's not like four years ago when they just went bankrupt overnight. Um, but it also is disappointing when they're being saying, this is the new Telltale. We're going to do things right. And we're going to not grow too fast. And then we hear this happens. Now, again, these things can happen. But there was a CEO of some Japanese company who, uh, and this is a shocking story, he decided to take a pay cut. And the company ended up not laying off its staff. So imagine that, a CEO taking a pay cut uh, to to help his staff and the company. So, yeah, so we shall see what happens in the future. Um, Now, also regarding Telltale, uh, Bill Willingham, the creator of the Fables comic, which The Wolf Among Us is based on, he has put uh, Fables into the public domain. Um, Have you guys heard about this? I was I read about it just before we, we came on this because you put the link there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of just saying F you to DC yeah. Comics. Isn't Sounds like he, a basically? big F you to DC. <laughs> well, apparently, now again, we don't know, you know, the exact story, but he was saying regarding Telltale that he what that DC have kind of they have a, like sent the fables works to other companies to work on that he wasn't allowed to be involved in the process of The Wolf Among Us, that he wasn't aware, that they're trying to hide it from him. Now, The Wolf Among Us turned out to be pretty good, I think. Uh, so I think, you know, if I was a creator of Fables, I would be happy with maybe how it turned out. But I can understand him if he wasn't involved because it is his creation. And also, he, he is, he's talking about the money as well. As well, he, yes. he didn't get 50%. He said, I intend to get my 50% of the money they've owed me for years for the Telltale game. So... If that's true, then he's right, I think. Um, but he, he said that he... Uh, he can't, he has to publish more fables only with DC, but he said to the public that uh, they didn't sign any such contract, so w- theoretically we could make a fables game. Um, I don't know the effects of this, what this means for The Wolf Among Us 2, and I haven't seen anybody else make any mm. fables work, but uh, it's kind of interesting. Kieran, do you have any thoughts, sir? Oh, I, I know nothing about this story. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Yay! That's fair enough. We shall move on. Nominate award nominated, everybody. <laughs> award deserving. Proper, I pro- will. The, 
the one thing I'll say about this is this is kind of a time old thing of, uh, you know, artist uh, versus sort of corporation, isn't it? And, you know, mm. creative spark versus people who just want to use that creativity for commercial gains. And he's basically just said, you know what, I, I have no power against DC. I've signed these contracts. But the one thing I can do is I have the intellectual property. So other people can can use it and get some good out of it. So, you know, more power to him. Yeah, it's very rare, I think, for yes. <laughs> certainly living creators to do that. So we shall see how that develops. So again, award nominated podcast right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to another quick story again, that doesn't really affect us because we're not game developers, but Unity have been making the headlines for all the wrong reasons the past month uh, again very very briefly uh, a few weeks ago unity in their in the board's infinite wisdom decided to change their pricing for game developers that apparently game developers would be charged for every time the games download now i believe it is only a certain the top amount but um but anyway game developers in general would be uh charged for every time the game was downloaded now this caused a bit of a stir. This ironically united uh, developers around the world against Unity. They mentioned that there's some problems off the top of my head. If, if their games are being pirated, they would be paying literally for their game to be pirated. Uh, they also said if they're free demos, um, and they also said what if a game is free, if it was a free offer or whatever. Uh, Unity said that they could magically find out just that if a game is being pirated, didn't go into any specifics. And uh, they had to backtrack pretty quickly because in a couple of weeks that I don't know the exact details of uh, what they agreed in the end. Uh, Laura, do, do you know maybe? Do you what is in this? What, when they backtracked, you mean? Yeah, what the, what the actual new agreement is now, I think. So I they changed. Uh, yeah, I think they backtracked to say, because um, obviously one of the big issues as well was that um, when if it it wasn't just for new games, it was also for games that had already been released that people could, um, you know, that when people downloaded it, there would also be a charge on that. So that was a huge uh, controversy around that. So I think they, I, I remember they came out, they apologized for the pricing problems. I don't know exactly what they said. They were, I remember them saying they would change things, but people still being like, but wait, you're not, you're still not changing the entire plan. It was a yeah. case of we'll do a little bit of changing. It was something yeah. like they'll let developers pay them a flat 2.5% of a game's revenue if they prefer not to pay, pay based on engagement. So that was part of it. Um, but it wasn't enough still. I still feel that's all hanging in the air. Like even if we've got, if, if the CEO, CEO is yeah, there. Yeah, that's the, the further developments. The CEO, uh, John Riccitello, Rick Riccitello, uh, mm. he has left. Uh, I'm sure, sure, you know, is it related? Well, who knows? Probably. But he uh, has left with immediate effect. And James M. Whitehurst has been appointed interim chief executive officer. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so it, the CEO has left shortly after. He was also the previous CEO of EA, and I believe he's made some controversial comments as well about uh, mobile game developers, you know, that they should be, what is it, using more loot box or loot boxes or, or something along those lines. So he has he has previous, um, mm. but I'm sure he'll be well paid 
Um, this is the thing. It's like, well, does you know, it, it's not like he's been punished. He's probably no, chosen exactly. to leave and been given a great sort of uh, package to, to leave. And you know, it's it's but you know, it's probably not really affected him at all. I think, yeah, that was the thing that they they backpedaled and and they said there would be a new pricing model so it would limit the developer fees and it would depend on if a game makes less than a million dollars in the first year of release so we would still be charging people they're basically just saying oh a slightly different uh model of it but yeah as you say he i mean it's it's good he's left was he maybe going to step down anyway i don't know it doesn't feel like they don't even mention the whole uni- unity no. kind of <laughs> in the press release about it. So it's a bit, yeah. bit murky. And uh, mm. But some people online are saying, well, maybe he'll now be the CEO of Godot, one of the rivals. That uh, he's done right. such good um, work for Godot. A lot of you know, people apparently <laughs> are being saying that we're going to Godot. But, um, but yeah, so that is unity. And then final news story, before we get to our reviews, uh, Stray, the... Cat Simulator, if you will, uh, was released last year. Uh, Annapurna, who published that game, have now announced, they also publish films, they've announced that they're going to be making a film uh, based on Stray. And uh, I think it's a director of Ice Age and Nimona, um, co-director Nick Bruno, will be directing the film. Uh, We don't know anything yet, but Again, are you guys interested in the film version of Stray? How do you guys feel? Uh, Kieran, this... have... oh, sorry, Laura. Oh, oh, sorry. I was literally just going to ask, would this be like, is it like animated or is it? Like... I assume so. I yeah. believe, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, sorry. This will be, this will this will just be really fun. Um, as I said, the, the, the best part of Stray is, is seeing things through the eyes of a cat. And yeah, there's no reason why that can't be gotten across and all, all the joy of that in, in a film. So... Yeah, it's one to look forward to. Yeah, and Laura, you've you've, you've played. Yeah, I just I'm trying to think because I think it works really well as a game, but I'm just trying to think as a film. Like, is it going to feel a bit naff? I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if it's. I really like. I mean, I love the music in 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 the game, and you know, I'm just I'm just wondering like how are they going to pad it and make it feel a bit more kind of dialogue heavy and that kind of thing because obviously the main character doesn't speak <laughs> um yeah. well he so, meows yeah but you know what i mean like so what's gonna, yeah yeah is, are they going to give the, the the cat a voice or how's it how's that going to work i don't know could be good but i mean there's all you know there's a lot of animated films featuring animals so it's gonna and it's you know it's going against things like you know pixar and and things mm, like that yeah. so well, we shall, we shall see. Sure. I mean, that that along with the uh, announcement that Siberia is going to turn into an animated series as well. That's, um, But yeah, we shall see. I mean, for me, I know when I reviewed it, I was, I believe, more critical than the two of you about it. But the best thing for me was playing as a cat. I think the cat controls were fantastic. And for me, by far the best thing. And uh, the look of the game, the graphics. Um, so we shall see um, how it goes. Okay, so uh, anything else that you guys wanted to mention that's happened, or no? We'll we'll move on. Well, uh, before we get to the reviews, uh, I know I say this every month, but we are also on Patreon. Um, so we are an independent podcast, and so if you want to help out, thank you to all the Patreon supporters. There's actually too many to mention. There's quite quite a few. <laughs> not not boasting. Don't mean that as a boast, but thank you to everyone who is uh, supporting us. We really do appreciate it. And you get some fun extras. There's some spoiler 
uh, interviews with developers such as uh, Augustin Cordes. He speaks about, well, scratches and developers of interrogation, developers of Lake. Uh, speaking spoiler, uh, James Dearden was on as well, developer of Techno Babylon, who spoke in great spoiler detail as well. And there'll be a few fun extras coming up in the short term future. I do have some things. Uh, so I will be doing a Phantasmagoria feature. Um, and uh, for Patreon, there will be some extras. So again, a spoiler. Uh, well, feature with my myself talking spoilers about that game, and I've been talking about uh, my favorite deaths in that game. There's quite a few. Uh, it really, really goes down with the gore in that game, and uh, and I'll also be I'm in the middle of doing a new series uh, about well winter narrative games. Uh, so first half of that will be available for everybody, and then the plan is that the other half of that will be available for Patreon. So again, if you want to be, be a Patreon to support us as well, it would be great. So it's patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. Now, if you wish, if you don't wish to be a Patreon, that's perfectly fine. You can also help us by reviewing the podcast. Many people voted for the podcast for the awards, but uh, uh, we'd like some reviews as well. So if you do like this podcast, it takes just a couple of minutes. There is a link in the show notes, rate this podcast forward slash adventure games podcast, and it takes you to the links where you can review. So, uh, yeah, five stars would be nice. If it's lower than four stars, you can send us an email uh, with your feedback. We do appreciate feedback as well. Info at adventuregamespodcast.com. So, so uh, Kieran, you said that you were going to uh, review this owl game. So, uh, tell us about. Beyond the Edge of Owlsguard. So let yes, you... Yes, tell us about this owl game. <laughs> this owl game. <laughs> beyond, beyond, beyond the Edge of Owlsguard. Um, it is a traditional, old-school, point-and-click adventure game. It is just like a lost classic, as though you just discovered that LucasArts made an extra game that you didn't know about before. Um, it, it's based it's set initially at least um in the kingdom of uh, vela hill this is a land populated by animals the wolves are vicious and violent and a terrible wave of destruction has torn through vela hill so naturally everyone's blaming the wolves and you play as finn who is a young deer um, who lost his parents in all of the chaos you're trying to work out what happened, try and fix everything. You're investigating, and as you do so, you discover a, a, a bigger story which is far more bizarre than you could ever have imagined. The uh, gameplay and style and just everything of, of Beyond the Edge of Owlsgard is very much like um, a Mon Monkey Island or a Fate of Atlantis or a Day of the Tentacle. You've got your verbs and inventory right there at the bottom of the screen and you you choose a verb or you, you choose an item you combine items you give items to people you talk to people there are dialogue trees it, it's beat for beat every part of it is just like one of those one of those old LucasArts games the puzzles are probably on the easy side um when set alongside those classic games but only when compared to those classic games. If you compared it to uh, modern adventures, I think you probably call the puzzles on on pretty difficult on 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 that difficult side. Um, but it's it's definitely tries to 
to um, follow more the, the puzzle design philosophy of those older games. There are exploration puzzles, there are inventory puzzles, there are timing puzzles even, and they're all fair, but they're, they're pretty difficult. There's definitely a couple in there that will, will challenge even a, a fully seasoned adventure gamer. Um, the art, the first thing you'll you'll see if, if you look it up um, on, on Steam or, or, or GOG or, or wherever, you will see that the art is absolutely gorgeous mm. and the, the animation is is similarly gorgeous. There's a, there's a lot of polish right through the whole game. There are loads of little animations for little actions, which you'll only see once because they just needed to be for that, that specific um, occasion. And there's also full screen um, cinematics, which are really lovely as well. Um, lots of cartoony moments. The, the music it claims that it's inspired by old MIDI soundtracks. I don't really see that. I mean, the music's fine. I didn't find it especially catchy, but this is kind of a personal taste thing. Um, or someone else might say this is the best music ever. It, it, was, it was fine. It didn't annoy me or anything like that. The writing, I think, makes a, a really clever choice in that it doesn't try to be particularly funny. I've played a lot of games that have tried to recover the old LucasArts style, and they've tried way too hard to be funny and none of the jokes have landed and they just end up kind of unplayable because <laughs> there's nothing worse than a comedy which isn't quite landing for you. And Owl's Guard, there are some funny moments, there are some funny bits, but it doesn't really try and be funny. It tries to be fun, it tries to be light, it tries to be uh, charming more than it tries to be laugh out loud funny. And I think that's a really smart move because it can manage to be charming. It can manage to be joyous and it, it achieves that really, really well. It, it manages that perfectly. The game can maybe be slightly childlike at times. You've got, of course got this whole community of talking animals, lots of different animals, all their different personalities. Um, particularly in the first act, it's very bright. Everyone's really cheerful. It might seem a bit Disney, which people might not necessarily like but it never feels childish or, or it never feels immature. There's not like fart jokes or anything like this. Um, it's just bright and happy. And then particularly towards the end of the game, it actually takes a twist. It becomes a lot darker. There are some story and narrative twists in there, which I really didn't see coming. And I, I really liked those twists and that darker tone and the pacing in those final acts were really, really nice. Yeah, overall, I, I mean, I think this is a modern classic. I thought this was excellent. I, I really, really enjoyed um, this game. And particularly if you found yourself playing games and enjoying them, but really wanting that that old 90s LucasArts feel, you can't really go wrong with this, unless you're wanting to laugh loads. And it's, it's not really a comedy, but it's a very, very good game. The biggest mistake that I think they made with this game is they released it just before Christmas. It, it yeah. released. It was something like three days before Christmas. It says you're 23rd <laughs> of December. What? Oh, two days before Christmas. Why? <laughs> it's <laughs> And so I think this is why I've not really heard anyone yeah, talking it's gone about the radar. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. Because, I mean, no one was going to be talking about it. Everyone was thinking about Christmas. Everyone was yeah. trying to get <laughs> What were they thinking? <laughs> it's, I don't understand this because, as you say, it's, I've heard people who have played it have said that it is... Like you, like you said, it's fantastic. It's an old school game, but done well. You know, it doesn't try to, shall we say, try and imitate, try and be those games. It is its own thing, but also like 
old school games. I haven't played it yet myself, but but yeah, releasing it two days before Christmas. I I mean, <laughs> even if you wait until January, February, uh I yeah, it's it's a shame because if as you say it's a modern classic, but well look, hopefully more people will play it and uh we can have another game from it because it does sound fantastic. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and, and a lot of polish. Um, there's there's so much attention to detail and there's so many little animations. It doesn't like the, the ending wasn't rushed. It has voice acting and the voice acting's good. Oh, um, yeah. There's the, really every aspect of this. You can you can see the care that went into it. A really, really good game. OK, well, that is beyond the edge of Owlsgard. We will be including a link at least to the official site or Steam site with no official site. And uh, and people can check it out there. There is a trailer on Steam and on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, the graphics do look lovely. And now the one thing, the, the gameplay, which you mentioned as well, I'm not a huge fan of this. I have to be, I'm not a huge fan of the scum, you know, like when you pick, you know, click use, pick up, look at. I know people grew up with this, and but I, I just think it's a little bit cumbersome like, to keep pressing use and then mm. click on the item. And then, uh, you know, I do prefer, you see, I grew up, playing games like broken sword and that's what i'm more used to and i think that's mm. just easier you're not fighting with it but anyway I've, I, look i'm sure i'll get over it um <laughs> and yeah well thank you kieran so definitely recommendation uh there for this modern classic of adventure games and a you know good old point and click as well so we still we still have games like that coming out <laughs> okay so uh lord for something a little bit different uh yes. You've been playing, I believe, Underground Blossom, which is the latest in the Rusty Lake series. Yes. Uh, so tell us about this. I have, yeah. And this isn't, I'm quite aware of this series. It, it's got a bit of a cult following, uh, this series, uh, amongst its fans, the whole Rusty Lake series. And it, this is um, one of many games. And it's uh, they, they all have a quite similar style. They're point-and-click puzzle adventure games um, where you are doing a lot of clicking. You're often... It's got a series of chapters, different vignettes, things, and and you're going uh, from side to side through each scene, clicking on things and unlocking things as you go along. And and this really, if you're a big Rusty Lake fan, you'll love this. It's it's very similar vein of that. Uh, you're following the life of of one of the characters of the series, Laura. Uh, and the way they've done it is that you're going from a uh, train station to train station and each station, uh, each stop um, is a different part of her life. So it starts from when she's a baby and it goes all the way up to when she's a full grown adult. Um, and there's kind of some suggested romance things that are going on as well. So th there's that kind of little bit of story that's going on. But the main point is the puzzles, because that's what everyone loves with Rusty Lake. And um, and I would say I have I haven't played previous games. I have seen a lot of people play them before, and it looks to be quite similar style of puzzles. It's a lot of things. I will say uh, another thing that people love about the Rusty Lake series is it's it's quite dark and it's quite eerie. Um, a lot of the the characters kind of stare blankly at you and and say something like my mother is unwell and you know there isn't you, you know it's not like a, an adventure game where you're having a big chat with people and you you know there's no dialogue that you get to discuss you're 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 tapping on a character they'll say some obscure thing sometimes it'll be a clue to a puzzle sometimes it's just them saying something um and you know there's a lot you, you've got a little inventory so you can pick up things and it's it's a lot of kind of 
reasoning puzzles. There's there's a little bit of sort of maths puzzles. There was, for example, there's a puzzle with a pigeon, um, and there's a, a row of seeds, and there are different shapes and sizes. And if a pigeon pecks one seed, it might go one stop ahead. If it pecks a different colored seed, it goes two. So you've got to work out a way of it getting all the way to the end. And it, it it's just puzzles like that. But they're, you know, what makes it fun is that it's got this dark side to it this kind of creepy side that people like and it, it hints to previous rusty lake games and previous parts of the rusty lake game so if you're a fan of that you know you're gonna love this it's fairly short i would say anywhere between sort of two and and, and four hours you know i i was playing the streaming so i was a bit slower and I, to be honest that there's this six the seven chapters um although the seventh one is very short um and the only one i found difficulty with was the sixth um we were just trying to oh, that was just a, an issue with we didn't realize we could interact with something in a different way um i i thought you could you were just supposed to be clicking on something but you had to drag it um and that is the only thing i have found sometimes uh when i've seen other people play the rusty lake games is um you know there's it is quite obscure sometimes and you've just got to be prepared to click everywhere and click everything but um, I think if you're if you're a big fan of this, you know this is another chapter that you're going to love. It's it's not doing anything, you know, that different. But that's what people want. You know, it's it's another chance to play some fun puzzles. It's got some, you know, it, it doesn't shy away from being a bit grotesque and a bit weird. Um, there's a you can there's a, there's a part where you can interact with a man's nipples, which was quite <laughs> yeah. Just reading this, I knew you would mention the nipples. <laughs> Just, just reading the comments here on Steam or the reviews, the first one, the top one, most helpful review yeah. is just one line. You can twist a guy's nipples in this game for some reason. And another co comment, I wish we could have, this could be a spoiler, but I wish we could have drowned the thief in the lake, then twist his nipples again. <laughs> it sounds a bit... Uh... I think something's happened there. It's frozen for me. Oh yeah, no, Laura has frozen. Oh no. Uh, well, uh, okay. Well, Kieran, have you played? Have you played this game, or have you played Rusty Lake games? Well, I, I, I've I've played a couple of the other Rusty Lake games, but I've I've watched uh, I watched Laura's playthrough of this, and uh, well, yes, while we're waiting was... for Laura to come back, <laughs> she she has frozen. I don't know if this is related to Underground Blossom. I don't know. <laughs> um, Oh, hopefully she'll be back in just a couple of minutes. But what did you think watching Laura stream and playing the other games in the series? Yeah, um, fun, weird, um, bit of nonsense. I It's one of those things where I can imagine some people diving into lore and hypothesizing about it. But I I think my the fun that I have with it was was just as a bit of a throwaway fun um it's it's weird it's especially for for streaming it was it was great fun because everyone's reacting to the weirdness yeah no I, I i am aware of this series but i've never played it. again i'm not i'm not very good at puzzles overall so um but it has got overwhelmingly positive reviews on steam and yeah rusty lake is it has at the time of recording, 2,645 reviews. Now, some of those reviews are just those like one lines that I have just read out, but it's, um, and she's back. I don't know what happened there. You both froze and I was just able to, and there didn't seem to be 
I don't know what was going on there. It was really weird. Yeah, this is the second time. It happened before we recorded, but... Uh, yeah, but that wasn't... I don't think it was me this time because I didn't touch the PC. It was nothing... Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, you were saying... Yeah, look, Kieran was telling us what he thought of watching the, your stream that, uh, yeah, that it does look like a lot of fun. Yeah, and like, so yeah, you mentioned the nipples comments and that was kind of an, a little, you know, they're, they're a bit tongue-in-cheek. They're having a bit of a laugh for it. And, you know, most of the puzzles, I would say, are relatively easy. It's kind of, you've got to think a little bit out of the box, but most of them, you know, you'd be able to get done. There was just like one or two, and that was probably just because we were playing it all the, all the way through, so I was just getting a bit tired near the end. But uh, I wouldn't say, it, it, I think most of them are at a good level where it's, um, you feel kind of good for solving them but then not really hard. Okay, well, yeah, it has, as I mentioned as well, it has an overwhelmingly positive uh, reviews on Steam. And um, and yeah, if you're a fan of these kind of games, uh, have you pr- played Professor Layton games? I don't know if it sounds... Yeah, close... then no, not no? really. Okay. It's a lot darker to that. And well, okay, I but in terms say... of puzzles, are they a yeah. puzzle-focused game as well? I suppose, I don't know what you, how you would describe it, Kieran. I mean, I think Professor Layton is a lot more kind of straightforward. Okay, if if this car was going at this level and this car was going at that, like you would expect on a kind of exam. But this is, you're, you're not going into a thing and someone's telling you the puzzle. First of all, you've got to work out what the puzzle is. And you, you do have inventory items. It's like a sort of, you know, you're going from scene to scene to 2D. You know, you're not a character. You're kind of looking at the scene. So, you know, you don't have a character that's moving along like you would expect in a normal kind of adventure game. It's just you, you look at a scene, you're clicking on things, you click on things closer. For example, you know, you've got stuff in your inventory, you might go, okay, there's this uh, metal bar here. Well, I've got a saw, I could use that. And you just use it on that. And it's quite a sort of clean animation style, but it's, um, it's a bit less kind of like, oh, here's that puzzle. Can you solve it? It's just kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? Do I use this item? So it's a mixture of kind of your traditional point-click adventure games where you, you've got, um, you know, your inventory items. And then there are some more kind of like reasoning and logic puzzles to solve as well. I think it, it reminds me of the gameplay of the old... Um... In, in the in the dark ages of adventure games when we we played the escape the room flash games online yes it, yes it, yeah it plays very similarly to those you even even to the style of the puzzles where you, you've got a crowbar so you smash a vase and there's a key inside the vase and then you use the key somewhere yes. else and so on and you know as someone pointed out in my stream you know a lot of the things don't have a lot of logic you know it's just kind of oh uh, you know for example that you know there's there's a, an animal um, who unfortunately gets hit by a train and then inside the animal is a key and it's you didn't know that's the case but it's you know you if you do one uh, sort of thing it will lead to another thing and then you pick up that and so it is I agree it's like an escape room and that's in fact I think some of their uh, like the white room which is a, another game that they've made um and i think cube escape what they they were basically kind of escape room things so they've built on that first that's what they they're kind of bread and butter and now this has got a bit more story and a bit more kind of extra added to it as well no well thank you very much 
Loretta Underground Blossom by Rusty Lake. It's it's available on Steam anyway, PC, and do you know if it's available on consoles as well or Switch? Uh, if I be- I believe it's actually available. I I would be surprised if it wasn't available on um phones because it very much and iPads. I think you can you can download it on the App Store and you can download it on Google Play. So yeah, you are oh, able that's... to play it on your phone, which makes a lot of sense because a lot of it, all you're doing, all the interaction you're doing is like tapping on items and you know you're pulling up and pulling down so yeah very nice well thank you laura and kieran uh so uh so that is underground blossom and now again for something different uh next game that i am going to talk about is a climate change thriller called end of line so this is basically like a visual novel or visual graphic novel uh, so it is set sometime in the future at the end of the 21st century and you play as Camille and basically what has happened because of climate change, the world is just, well, completely effed up, completely messed up that um, floods have ravaged cities and towns and the, there's unbearable heat as well. So you and your family are at first living in the desert. Uh, you're mother-in-law the mother of your wife Nora she tells you and her daughter Nora to go with your son and a friend of yours called Rafiq to try and find somewhere to settle and to live for the family so this game is all about the journey and the people that you meet uh and what happens and it is a kind of like a choose your own you make you make choices throughout the game uh for example you see some people do you uh, fight them do you hide and then attack them or do you try and go around them uh th- things like that uh throughout the game uh so um th- th- i mean the first thing i have to say is it looks fantastic i don't know if you see the the graphics um it's it's every every scene is uh kind of like a painting like a static image of what's happening and then the either lines of dialogue or the text goes one by one uh, it could change. It could be in the middle. It could go down the middle. It could go on the left or the right. And but it's it's really really evocative. It really and it there's so many of them. And if we compare to say a game that I reviewed last time, Harmony Fall of Reverie, that really looked nice as well. But then it, they kept repeating the same backgrounds. But in this game, they don't do that. They have a different background every time you go further on in the story as well and they all look absolutely amazing um the the music as well it's uh it's never really interfered it's never overbearing it's used sparingly but it's really good with the sound effects that really help draw you into the story um and then speaking of the story there's no voice acting in the game but i don't think it's really necessary i found the writing to be really really good that it does seem like the developers nova box have uh, done the research to what could happen. Now it's not horror game, but it it's kind of horrifying to see what could happen in the future. For example, in this game, all the birds have died because of the heat, and um, you know, just some quite tense scenes as well. And it's, I mean, some of these things are happening now. There are tragic floods happening around the world because of climate change or storms. Uh, there's also unbearable heat, even the UK and to a certain extent Ireland, which we're not used to the heat. And I believe it was like 40 degrees in the UK or summer, which is just unheard of. And so, as I said, in this game, 
you are it, it feels very realistic things that are happening now um at times maybe some people might consider it to be a bit preachy but i don't think it's too much and also it is a very important topic it is also entertaining you know even if you don't uh, you might think i don't want to play a game of climate change there is a really good story here as well uh, I think the choices are good. They don't seem to be binary choices. They seem to be a series of choices. Um, I really cared for the characters uh, in the story as well. And there's some very, you know, there, there are some twists in, at least in my version that I played that I wasn't expecting. And uh, one of the things that I really liked is something that hasn't been in many games that I've played recently. You can manually save in hey. this game. And it's great, but it, it was great to have control again. If I wanted to play for five, ten minutes, I could, and then restart from where I just laid off. I want to play for one, two hours. And it just made me realize just how great manual saves is. And also, I just want to say as well, this is a choose-your-own-adventure kind of game. And developers of such games, they have both told me and mentioned online that the reason they don't have manual saves is because they are afraid of save scumming, that they don't want players to save before choices. Now, I didn't say scum in this game because I was so engrossed in the story and the writing and this world that I wanted to keep going. Uh, and also the choices, as I said, it was a series of choices. It didn't seem to be just one binary choice. So I kept going. So I just think, and again, I promise I'm not going to focus too much on this, but I do think that this game also shows just how pointless it is just to have auto saves only, not to have manual saves. To any developers listening, what I would say is, why would you want to make it difficult for people to enjoy the game who don't have a lot of time? If you're worried about safe scumming, play this game. See how often you save scum or with other games as well. But that was a really good thing about this game. It took me between three and four hours to play. Um, and yeah, no, as I said, there's no real puzzles in it. So that might turn people off. It is a visual novel type, but there's not too much dialogue or too much writing. That is a problem with many visual novels. Um, there, there is just enough to keep you interested. And the writing is very good. There were a couple of typos, um, but again, not too many. Um, all in all, this is a game that I will think about because it's a good game, also because of its topic uh, that is very, very relevant to what we're all going through now. Um, and yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And it is available on PC and it is available on Nintendo Switch. And I played it on my Steam Deck. And I think it was it's perfect to play in the Steam Deck or the Switch if you have it as well, and PC as well. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoyed this game. And uh, I would encourage people to check it out. And that is End of Lines. I don't know if you guys have anything else you'd like to... You said you said about choices. Um, did you get the feeling that if you played it again, you might see quite a different story? Possibly. Or... Possibly. I don't mm, want to go into... Good question, yeah. Possibly. I've only played through it once and I am interested in playing it twice. I don't want to give any spoilers, but there are one or two things that happened that I was thinking, oh, wait, <laughs> I wonder if I made other choices. So uh, there are also some locations where you can choose, do you stay there? Uh, do you uh, do you move? And I chose some places to stay, some places to move. Um, and yeah, so honestly, I'm not sure, but I think that based on the achievements, there are different endings at least. And then throughout the game, there's a few things that I didn't get to see uh, because of the choices that I had made. So I, I will let you know when I replay. Hopefully I have time pretty soon to replay it again because I would be interested in uh, in, play, in playing it again. So, yeah, so that is End of Lines. 
Um, and that is the end of the line of this review. <laughs> so, uh, but Kieran, going back to you, the two of us and Laura, you've played separately as well. This latest game, uh, going to the Wild West, and we we played Whispers in the West from Infinite Wise, I believe. So, Kieran, <laughs> tell us. Tell us about this game. I was wondering if you'd want me to whisper the entire review. I mean, if you want to, I don't know. I was just going to whisper the title, <laughs> but if you want to whisper the entire review. No, I'm sure that's ASMR, ATP ASMR. I think that would in- ensure that we never got uh, nominated for a award. Well, probably, yeah. People probably wouldn't listen again. So it's up to you. That uh, The fate of the podcast is in your hands there. Mm. So I-, I will talk through with you. Um, Yes, Whispers in the West. This is a cooperative, it's a multiplayer, um, quite rare for, for point-and-click adventure games, multiplayer detective point-and-click adventure game. A, a, a group of, of characters played by you and others. I think it's minimum two, maximum four, though potentially you can correct me on that. All of you play different characters, decide the different characters you want to play, and you're presented with a case to solve. Um, there might be a heist, there might be a murder, all standard sort of detective stuff, and everything takes place in this Wild West setting. You then individually, with the character you control, travel from location to location, talking to other characters, picking up clues, finding evidence, trying to work out what might have happened. And while you're doing that, the people that you're playing with controlling different characters, they explore the same set of locations, but they might go to different locations and talk to different people, all in a different different order. And you can communicate with each other live with, with your microphones to say, oh, I'm talking to this character, they've just told me this, or oh, I've just seen this. Um, if evidence is found by one of your group, then it's found by everyone. So if someone is in one location and they spot maybe um, a gun missing from a rack, say, then someone else might be in a different location, they can immediately ask a character there about the, the missing gun. And so you do, it's not a case as too many cooperative games fall into where one person can go around solving everything. You do have to work together. You do have to talk with each other. And I found that, that in uh, all the cases that we played that... Um, it was the case that, that some one of us would solve some things, the other one would solve other things. I think we all felt, we, we both felt that we were contributing. N- neither of us felt useless. Neither of us felt, oh, I'm dragging this this group along, which is absolutely perfect. That It, it completely nails that. Um, players can also pin bits of dialogue if they think that's important. I ne- uh, we used this right at the start after we were taught this this mechanic, but I don't think we ever really used it after because you can instead of just pinning it, you can just say what the character said. I think and I so... used it a couple of times after to remind myself, and then I would go back and read back to you, saying, ah, "Oh, there's right. something that is important." And then I was reading back, "Oh yeah, they said this." Like for example, oh, the murder weapon was found here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then. The, the main bulk of the gameplay comes from characters openly, what the players openly discussing your theories and eventually one of you will have an aha moment and, and, and work things out and you'll, you'll agree on something. The, the cases take place over several time periods. So you get maybe 20 minutes to explore all the locations and solve one question about the case. Um, might be, where was this character at the time or something like that? And then... 
time is said to move forwards, it might be the next day, and you'll get another 20 minute period. Maybe some characters have gone away, maybe some characters have appeared, some characters might say some different things and you get some diff slightly different evidence and you'll have to answer another question. And then after three periods like this, you solve the whole case. You, you answer all the questions and the game will tell you if you, you've got that right or wrong. Another thing that I really liked with regards working together versus working separately is that each of your characters has a different trait. So a, an outlaw character has a gun, they can threaten people. There's another character who has a forensics kit and can investigate certain things. And so each of you, even though the majority of what's available is available to every player, there are a couple of little places and a little piece of evidence that only you will be able to find. And so it forces you in that way and that just subtle way of keeping some content distinct for certain players. It means that you have to work collaboratively as a, as a team. Now, with, with regards to the things that we normally judge an adventure game on, there's there's a few flaws. The the story in inverted commas, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Why are all these characters working together? Why have we got an outlaw working with the deputy sheriff for some reason? Why aren't they arresting the outlaw? <laughs> um, why are all the, what is actually the motivation? Why do they all care that the banker has has lost all this money in a heist? Why are they helping the bank? None of that is really explained. It's it's just uh, an abstract um, standalone detective story. And, and you treat it like that. Similarly, the animations are very sparse. There's not really much animations. There's not really much in the way of music. There's no voice acting, but none of that really cares. None of, I, I, I don't really care about any of that. Um, though, I mean, if you're, if you're after an adventure game for that stuff, this game doesn't really have it. What this game does provide is a really fun multiplayer co-op detective experience, which is, is a rare, very rare set of things to come across in the adventure game world. And it really, it really managed it well. The cases that we played were satisfying. The puzzles were really well crafted. The mysteries were intriguing. And yeah, it was collaborative and it was fun. Yeah, I think I'd agree with pretty much all of that. Um, yeah, I didn't really, as you mentioned, I didn't really care about, oh, why is the outlaw working with the sheriff? I just accepted it. I was like, okay, yeah. here we go. I think some of it is, it is a serious game and some of it might be tongue in cheek as well. Like why did uh, the, the butcher do this? I was like, really, who cares? What's this got to do with the actual mystery? But but it is, I think it does help you to focus in each kind of 20 minute segment. Now, couple of things as well, extra things. You can play this solo. I think it's better probably if you play it multiplayer. That's how the game was designed. Uh, now, I spoke with the developer Yoyu at uh, Reboot, and she showed me the game as well. And uh, she mentioned that they wanted different options, which I'm always in favor of, to get people to either play on their own or play cooperatively. And you can also remove the time limit. If you don't want a 20-minute time limit, you can make it 15 minutes. You can make it, I believe, 30 minutes or remove it altogether. Now, I don't usually like uh, time limits, but I didn't. it didn't bother me in this case. I think the three cases that we played, we, we got to the end. I think, the, was it the first time that we, or the second time that we nearly got the right answer? We just missed a few things. And then the second or third time, we got the right answer. So we were able to get there in the end as well. Uh, one of the things that I would have liked because it it I love the location you know with in the Wild West I would have liked there to be maybe different locations in each case I think there 
you do repeat locations, go back to the same location again. So I hope if there is a sequel or more games, and I hope, do hope there is more games, there are more games like it, I would like maybe different locations. But again, that didn't really bother me all that much. I had a blast. Uh, I think the main thing that the game was focusing on is the multiplayer aspect. How is it technically? Does it work multiplayer? I think it definitely does. It surprised me how well it worked because I was unsure... Well, how is this going to work? There's no, there are puzzle co-op games, there's a puzzle platform games, but as, I fa- as far as I know, there aren't many narrative-driven co-op games, and I was curious, how is this going to work? In terms of what I, because I did play it, but it was still when it was quite, you know, early mm. in development, I played a test of this. How did it work? You know, if you're, if one person is talking to a NPC. Uh, can are you having to relay that to everybody else, or how how does that work? Because they obviously, they're um, presumably, if you're in a different scene, they can't see that. So how does how did that work? Yeah, if they if they find something important, then they can just tell you over the microphone. Um, if there's something important that they don't feel they can retell, then they can pin it. Yeah, and it will appear. Yeah. On, it appear okay, on the so that's right how on. they did it. Okay. But also if if you're there in the scene in person, you can just watch the conversation play. Right. Out. Okay. Okay. And if one player finds an object that is important or an inventory item, then it's available for the two players mm. as well. Not just one player. But yeah, no, I found it great that for example, Kieran could go one place, you know, we, we decided beginning, okay, you go to the crime scene. I'm going to speak to some people. I'm going to, so you go to the sheriff's office or to the mayor's office. I'm going to go to the butchers where I'm going to go to the church here to see if I can speak to someone there or the, or the saloon. And I think in that case, it, it worked really, really well. And, and again, it kind of very pleasantly surprised me. You can tell that they put in a huge amount of effort to ensure that you can, uh, that the multiplayer aspect worked. And there was one case as well when there was a, a puzzle, we had to find, you know, answer one of the questions, but I decided to focus on the puzzle. You had to go through different files and match them together. And then Kieran, believe you you went around interviewing people and uh, getting information from people. So it's uh, you can do it that way as well. And it it, it, it was just a lot of fun. And I I would like to continue playing. Don't know, don't know, Kieran. I don't know if you're up for more. Oh yeah, I'd be, I'd be absolutely thrilled to. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to to find out how it plays with different numbers of people as well, because I thought two worked really well. Yeah, I'd be um, curious. Well, Laura, if you want to join us, <laughs> yeah, I've got the game, so yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> I, I think if it gets to, I think with four, I, I think there might be a worry that there's too much information. If everyone's finding out stuff at the same yeah. time, maybe it becomes a bit of a mess. But I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, no. In the in the future, I would like to to play. It was a great player, great year for multiplayer games because it was also with the Legend of Monkey Island, which I'm currently playing with um with Michael from the Adventure Game Club, and I would really recommend people to listen to that as well. It's kind of like a book club, but for adventure games to deal with one adventure game every month, and it's a huge amount of fun to listen to and to be part of as well. Um. So so yes, yeah, so the Whispers in the West. It's available. Uh, definitely on Steam. Uh, at least, and yeah, if you want to co-op, as I said, you can also play solo. <laughs> uh, there is a tutorial in the game as well, because there's a bit of gameplay, you know, to, to figure out how to pin items, how to use the inventory. It's not too difficult, but you do need to learn the mechanics of the game. Uh, so there, it's great that there is a tutorial in it as well. So yeah, another recommendation, Whispers in the West. 
Uh, look forward to playing more uh, this game as well. Uh, so, Laura, the next uh, game that you're going to play, are you going to review uh, the Isle Tide Hotel? But I believe we have a, a trailer. At least I hope I have a trailer. <laughs> uh, would you like to to watch slash listen to the trailer? You don't know me, but I found you. I'm here. It wasn't easy, seeing how you've never met. I'm looking for someone, but her words were persuasive. Once I tracked you down, I went back to her. But she was gone. Interesting. All I found in the debris was an address, which I've enclosed. Where's Eleanor Malone? If she were important, why did you lose her? I'm going to make sure she's all right. Let me tell you why I came. For the experience. If there's any part of you that cares for your daughter, you'll come too. Oh my. Welcome to the Isle Tide Hotel. So we just saw her trailer of this it sounds like a weird game mm. uh yes. but laura what tell us about this and what did you think should we check in with this game or should we maybe go to a different hotel than the isle tide hotel so yeah, tell us. I, I think you you might need to change <gasps> your booking oh no oh, well tell us <laughs> but you know there's there's so there's a quite a lot i have to say about this um this is um it's by the publishers uh, Wales Interactive. You've got you know a, a big pedigree with these kind of F and V games. This is their bread and butter. The developer is Interflix Media, uh, but Wales Interactive is is, is the name you're going to recognise. They've made the complex five dates, late shift, lots of different genres um, of F and Vs, not just you know kind of your, your straightforward ones. Now. As you might have gathered from that trailer, a very sort of unusual plot for this, and I, I don't, I don't want to really spoil it. But the idea is, uh, you play this man. You you're turning up at this very unusual uh, hotel uh, with the hope of finding your daughter, who you believe is there, and, and that's kind of all you've got to go off at the beginning. And you're interacting with people, with guests at the hotel you start to uncover that there's there's something a bit strange going on at this hotel it's it's not all is as it seems it's not just it isn't just a hotel i'll tell you that now that isn't <laughs> i'm not giving anything away by saying it's it, it's it might be a hotel in features but that that's it really and and so you've got to speak to people uncover more it, you know it's got a bit of a kind of cultish air to it and you know there's there's elements of you know the shining you know when in the way that they've shot this uh, and in the idea that everyone's a bit aloof uh, you know not really telling you exactly what's going on it all seems a bit bizarre you're you're opening doors and hotels and and you're seeing all these strange scenes um so it, it's 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 got that kind of weird element to it, which you picked up very quickly. Um, it's it's just very hard to get into as, as a game, unfortunately, because you really don't know what's going on, and depending on your choices, you you may never know what's going on. It, it really depends which way you go, and even then, I would suggest you you definitely need to play this more than once to try and unpiece what's going on. And I have to say, my second playthrough, I I did enjoy it a bit more because I already had some previous knowledge. 
But if you're going into it blind, and, and this is the problem, everything is so obtuse and the the acting is incredibly hammy. And I, I know that they're doing this for effect and, and to appear kind of weird and unusual, but it's just too much. You, you know, you kind of think, okay, but it, it's to an extent where you're like, well, I don't believe that any of these people are people because no one would actually say this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's someone's thought of this as a great line, but to have it actually said in front of you you know half the lines you're, you're just kind of like well why would someone ever say this kind of thing so you, you're kind of confused and it, it means that you you know I, it's funny because someone was saying to me oh it's funny because with contradiction uh, another fmv uh not by wales interactive but um by tim follin um you know there are all these hammy lines but you do still enjoy it because you're kind of in with the joke and it, it's fun and it, it's, you know, it, it's enjoyably hammy. This is just kind of, you know, someone trying to be strange and, and you know, obtuse and you don't understand what's going on. So you don't warm to any of these people. You certainly don't warm to the main character who it just it's kind of wallpaper for much of it just kind of goes into a room and, and looks around and, and then speaks to someone. And you never really feel this kind of urge that he has to find his daughter. So, you know, and as in comparison to someone like Jenks, who was this sort of goofy detective in contradiction, who everyone's kind of rooting for to find out things. And even though were things he said, the dialogue was kind of ridiculous. It was sort of good fun. Here, it, I don't know. You, you're not rooting for anybody. You just kind of feel a, a, a bit like, well, what what's happening here? I guess I'll I'll continue. And I think a problem with that as well is is, is the pacing. You know, when, when they're shooting a lot of these scenes, it's very dry. There's, there's not really any music underneath it. And there's huge, huge pauses between actions and, and, and people speaking. And it's, it moves at a glacial pace. So I, I don't know. I It's funny because when I played this for the second time, and I will say, like like other FMVs, there are choices of dialogue and what you choose. You will go in very different directions and discover different elements um unlock new characters paths so it has got that element of choice that other f and v's have and when i did go for a different path the second time i did feel like i was experiencing something completely different so that i much more than in for example the complex where it's just a choice of dialogue but it's pretty mm. similar this was like actually a completely different path but then, it, it, again, both the endings I had ended very abruptly. It was kind of a, a sort of very quick scene and then credits. And you you didn't really see any kind of progress that you, you'd made throughout the, you know, there's none of these checkpoints things that you've seen in previous Wales Interactive games. You can skip dialogue if you play it again. So that's that's great that, you know, you're not having to sit through all those uh, glacial scenes again um yeah so I think the good points for this for me was intriguing concept it's shot uh, you know very beautifully it, it looks great it really will catch your eye and they've they've obviously thought a lot about kind of cinematography and how to make things seem a little bit quirky and unusual but it it's just a shame that whilst having an interesting concept the, the story is so hard to get into in the first place that most people, I think, won't bother. That's unfortunate, but ha I mean, you say that uh, you know the first time you play through, you might know what's going on. It's just something that Matt mentioned when he reviewed Murderous Muses. He had something similar happen, and I believe even with these kind of choice-driven games, 
you should still because a lot of people are not going to play through it multiple times like no. we're lucky if we have time we'll play through it once so i believe that it should even if you don't find everything in the story that it should make sense that it should be a satisfying experience even if you play it once if you compare it to end of lines which is similar choice driven game and there's many things that you know many different directions you can go in and it should be different the uh, second or third time i play it but the first time i played it uh it was it was satisfying it was a full story <laughs> um and yeah i mean i bought this game i don't know whether to play but what when i watched the trailer it doesn't jump out to me say it's compared to the complex the complex yeah. was like wow i the really want to play that it's like could be a film it's, it's just yeah, a great the, action film you know yeah, and, the, and this the, the is production just... values are really good at it but this yeah this... and the, the production values in this are good as well obviously it's not an action film so Ooh. it's you know but it's just some strange choice and it's just a lot of people you know you click on one person and they'll go oh, I don't know what's happened with the opening. What do you think? And you're like, I well, I don't know what you're well, talking about. And I'm then asking you. Click you. On, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you'll click on somebody else and they'll go, you know, the jewel of the North is sitting in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's just people saying random stuff to you and <laughs> and you're just kind of like, well, I mean, I get it. We're all being, you're all being a bit weird and obtuse here, fine. But, you know, how does that make me want to be... I mean, you do have a, a sort of private detective character who's working with you, who's supposed to be your kind of confidant, who a lot of people have said reminds them of me, actually. But... <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, there's a scene where she's Uh-oh. kind of encouraging you to beat someone up, and a lot of people have said that reminds them of me. But um, anyway. <laughs> that Wonder why? That's, that's a bit. That's, that's a <laughs> she bit does mean. look a bit like me. Um, oh, okay. So, but that's by the by. Um yeah, I just, I just feel they just kind of missed. I, I think they had this. the The thing is, the core story is a very interesting one, but I just don't feel it's been implemented properly. In execution. Uh, to, mm-hmm. it, it's a How long did it take you to play through the first playthrough, more or less? Well, about one and a half hours. Though I will say, I got an ending where, which sees you for at least about twenty minutes having to go through the same kind of corridor of doors. You're in a maze of corridors. I don't know who thought this was a good idea to put into a game but and you have to there's four doors uh you know north south west and east and you have to click on one and then you're in the same thing again and you have to click on another and occasionally you'll come across an item that you have to pick up and that can take anywhere between i don't know 20 minutes half an hour if you get to that part and um i've read you know i've read reviews where people said they kind of gave up at that part because it was just not very fun so depending on what ending you get, it could be quicker or short or, or longer. Uh, that's a shout. I'm guessing they wanted to include this to try and give more variety of gameplay and something that yeah, might resemble a puzzle. Yeah, there is some puzzle, kind of little puzzle elements but... because you have to search a room and, and pick things up and then match things with what you found. And So there is a bit of that and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not against that just, kind of thing. It and... just seems tedious the way that they did it. Oh, yes, yes, it does. And I just, it's, it's a shame because... Well, I was really looking forward to I like Wales Interactive. Yeah, I like their games. Yeah. Wales Interactive, I think, are a bit of a, a, a mysterious entity. They, uh, they, they really churn out games. They, yeah. they, they make about five games a year, which is <laughs> wild to me. And then in, in, in and amongst that, we've got things like Five Dates. We've got Complex. We've got... Um, but it's uh, worth saying, obviously, late, a lot of it is shift. they're publishing. They're not. They're yeah, not they're developing. Not developing. So they're not. You know, uh, although this is, they're a developer and and a publisher, but they're they're not the sole uh, developer. Interflix Media are the developers, and I'm guessing 
Wales have kind of helped them with that and published it. But yeah, I, I know what you mean, though. They are still publishing a lot. And we, and we see we see some absolutely excellent FMV games amongst them, and mm. then and then some that don't work quite as well, which is mm. yeah, I mean, bit hit and miss because I did play. Well, last year, two years ago, Laura, we played Blood Bore. Was it Blood? Bloodshore. Yeah, Bloodshore, which again probably seems to be better than this game because I could actually understand it. It had a you know story, but yeah, I'd like. I mean, you go from that, that, and then the, I mean, the, I think Paul Rashid's games who directed the Complex. Uh, five dates, ten dates. I I generally like those. Yeah, and same. five and ten dates. They like he's because he came from a movie or filmmaking background, and then he brought this to the um, to the games as well. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a shame about it because I do support Wales Interact. I'm delighted that they're focusing on FMV games, and I think that usually the games that I've played of theirs previously, I've played with my partner, or I've played with different people. And I think you could play like kind of a multiplayer, kind of like passive controller, um, or on streaming, you know, on Twitch as well. I think that maybe people watching you can help you decide yeah, as I well. Mean, the games are normally great for, for Twitch because yeah. everyone gets involved. It feels like you're watching a film. A lot of people on this one were getting fed up with it because they were just saying, oh, this is... You know, it's it's really slow moving, and no one knows what's going on. So no one, no, no one was really getting behind this one as much. Oh, and it is a, a shame because, like I said, yeah. that core story has got some really interesting elements. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, know I, I I do find when developers or writers try and make their characters quirky, they can be very easily tiresome. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no shame. I still haven't played. I might still play it myself if it's just an hour, an hour and a half, and see how far I get until the. See what you think. Over. I'd be interested to know what you think. Yeah, definitely. So that is the Isle Tide Hotel, and you can check in this hotel if you so wish. Uh, it's available, I think, everywhere: PC, PS5, Xbox. Don't know if it's available on Switch, but it's available uh, different I think places. It's just PC, yeah, PC Xbox, and yeah. Uh, consoles. But if you so wish, but fortunately, it doesn't seem like it's one of their best. Outing for Wales Interactive, but um, but yeah, thank you, Laura. Uh, so now our final game that we're going to talk about. Uh, this is uh, Fort Solace. So if you don't want to check in that hotel, you could go to Fort Solace, which is on Mars, uh, and it features some well-known voice actors, which I'm going to talk about. But first, uh, shall we watch or listen to try listen to the, uh, we can listen to these voice actors uh, to give people to give people a taste of what to expect when they. Uh, if they play this game. So here is a trailer for Fort Solace. Jack Leary, senior engineer en route to Fort Solace in the Planum Quadrant responding to an alarm. Suspected power failure, await further information. Recording submitted. Is there no sign of security? No. I think there may have been an incident here. What the hell is going on, Jackie? You need to leave and let Central handle it.
looks uh, intense. Yeah, I, I do have to say that the trailer makes it look faster paced and more exciting than the actual oh, wow. <laughs> uh because it yes, is... i've played a demo of this at gamescom so uh, i think yes. well it's basically it's a third person walking simulator emphasis on the walking because there's a lot of it and throughout basically the entire game uh your character walks very slowly through mm, the season there's no running no um now it didn't really bother me that much because you know i i do like uh, walking simulators i do wish you would have walked a little bit faster i'll be honest but anyway so you play as jack cleary as you heard on the trailer and this is set in the 22nd century and you have these now these kind of buildings that are on mars and people settling there and you are basically an engineer and you go to fix things you know different places you're fixing a satellite uh, at the beginning of the game and then you get uh, along with your partner uh, you get um, a- an emergency uh, on your basically on your locator thing your communicator and now you don't think it's much because sometimes you get these emergencies and it might be a false alarm but you have to check it out anyway so you go to check it out you go to Fort Solace which is a mining uh, complex and you see that there has been a lockdown that you can't get in so you have to try and find out how to get in and then once you're there you have to explore the facility go to the different rooms and find out what is going on you get to see these uh video files you get to listen to these audio files and you begin to discover something you know might not be quite right and as i said at first you don't really think anything but as the game goes on um, you begin to think, okay, something might be not quite right here. I don't want to give any more away. I don't want to give any spoilers. Um, but yeah, the, the, the first thing I'll say about the voice acting, because that's what they've been really pushing. It's the main character is played by Roger Clark, who is uh, th- the main character, Red Dead Redemption 2. The- Arthur, yep. Arthur, thank you. Um, <laughs> then there is Troy Baker, who is a voice of Joel in The Last of Us, and he's in Uncharted and many other things. And then uh, Julia Brown uh, played um, the female lead in this game. Uh, I believe this was her first game, but she's well known for her TV series and I think some films that you know she's done as well. And I do have to say that the voice acting across the board is fantastic, as you would expect with this voice cast. I mean, Arthur meeting Joel, basically, certainly uh, with voice actors. And the voice acting is, it, it is very, very good. They do really give very good performances overall, um, just in a tense moments. And again, I don't want to say too much about Troy Baker's role, but he kind of hams it up and you can tell that he's really enjoying himself. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, now I, I will say this. So, so with the story, uh, overall, I did like it, but there were a couple of things that I think it's, uh, f- first of all, when, and again, I don't want to get the spoiler to say that you come across one or two dead bodies, maybe. And at first, you know, did your relationship with um with your female uh lead, your female uh partner in this game, uh they're kind of like jokey and and that, and they clearly know each other well. Then when you discover a dead body, and at first, you know, he starts to panic naturally and he screams. And you know, he's what I did like is he's not a typical hero, he's not an action hero, he's a regular guy just doing his job. He's an engineer. And when he first discovers the body, he's like, Oh my god, I can't believe this. And then a couple of minutes later, he's back to joking with her, which I did feel a bit odd. And I can, 
I can understand a developer maybe wanting, you know, that sometimes, a lot of times, we diffuse tense situations by using humor. And I can understand that. But it did feel a bit odd in this case. You come across a dead body and then you're like joking again as if nothing has happened. And it did happen once or twice. Um, also, what I will say, I did like the story, but when it got to the revelation, uh, it felt a bit underwhelming. I was like, wait, that's it? Also, I didn't really understand it all. Now, first I thought it was me <laughs> because I can be dense at the best of times. But then I read other reviews and those reviewers said that they also had a hard time kind of figuring out what is really going on. Like, why were certain characters doing the things? Like, what? what it's kind of like they went up to 11. That's And just the rev, final revelation just did feel a little bit underwhelming. So, and then there is... Again, a fight scene at the end. And it's like typical action movies. I mean, there are characters that are stabbed, that are shot, that are go through, that normal people would be killed, but then they still keep getting up and they still keep fighting anywhere. And I was a bit thinking, it's, it's well done, but I was thinking, really? <laughs> They're still getting up after this? Um, but I do have to say, the, I think the production values overall are fantastic. I think the graphics are really good. Um, the character animations, it looks very realistic. Um, the you know, the the way the characters move, I think was was just really well done. It looks like a triple A game, but it's made believe by a small team. So they have done incredibly well in this case. It took me about four hours to play. Uh, I also liked exploring the facility. And as I said, it is a bit slow, but I didn't really mind. I liked just going through people's rooms and the canteen and just Get we get to know how they lived, and I think that's one thing this game does uh, very well. There is one thing that I that I wasn't such a huge fan of is that there are times when it takes control from you. Now again, it's typical with cutscenes, but for example, at the very beginning when you're going in your car, um, it's very intro with credits, but it takes control away from you that you're not you're just sitting there watching. And I was thinking, I want to play this. I want to control the car. <laughs> And then certain times throughout the game, the very few times that your character does run, again, it takes control away from you that you're watching it. And I was like, wait, I would actually like to control this more. Um, there are some quick time events. I don't know if you saw them, Laura, in your playthrough. I did one. I saw one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I found them quite difficult. They've happened very quickly. And it was some, a lot of times are quite difficult. But I suppose this is a positive, is you don't really die if you screw up. It's just a bit of a longer fight scene. You just get beat up more. Uh, but then I was also thinking, well, what's kind of the point of this? If if there's, you could literally just sit there and not do anything during the, you know, the fight scenes or during the yeah, other There's moments. no consequences there at all. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, I don't, I also don't like if you just die over and over and over again. So I suppose that is a good thing. I suppose uh, there the the option is you you should keep trying it and then they should offer an option if you keep failing yes. to, to skip. I think yeah, that's, that's what that uh, should be the option. That's what Star Trek uh, Resurgence did, which I quite liked. Um, now, uh, also, uh, what I did like as well, as you are walking, as uh, you're controlling the character, you do talk on the radio with your uh, colleague, and I liked the the fact that you were still playing and you're still talking. Uh, to your colleague, I I like that. There is another thing that, again, and I'm sorry for mentioning this, but there are no manual saves. And now, it wasn't a huge issue in this case because they were relatively regular. But 
Now, I can sort of understand if developers say they don't want manual saves because they don't want players to save scum during choice-driven games. Okay, I still don't like it, but I can understand. This is a very linear game. <laughs> this is as linear as you get. You are, There is a path that you go through. Rooms only open at a certain time. It's almost impossible to get lost. Well, actually, the, the map in this game, it's quite confusing. So I did get lost trying to figure out, but it is very linear. So it made no sense just to have auto save. You know, you could have had manual saves and it wouldn't have affected um, the story or because there's no choices in this game. It's just, it's a linear walking simulator. There, So there's no choices you have to make. You play it once and you see the story the way it is, which I didn't mind. As I said, I like going through it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, but I think the productive values are good. And, uh, so yeah, a bit mixed on this game. It's, I still did like it overall, but I think there are certain things that I think could have been improved. I think the story, they could have explained it a little bit better, just what was going on <laughs> and, uh, just a few little things, but I, I did like it. Over it won't be for everybody. Again, if you want a game with puzzles or if you want, non-linear games with choices or anything this is not that game also if slow walking speed bothers you then this game will bother you um it didn't really bother me i'm glad i played it i did like it overall but it won't be for everyone and yeah but i am curious to see what these developers do do next it's developed by fallen leaf and black dracker games and published by dear villagers and it is fort solace so don't know if you guys have any questions No, perfect. Well, I think that is it for another episode. So thank you to you both. Thank you, Kieran and Laura, for joining me. And uh, it's a great time as always. And uh, we're going to be heading to Adventure X in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, oh, wait. Lo looking forward to it. So if you're listening to this before Adventure X in 2023, November 2023, you are going, feel free to say hi to us. We're delighted to speak to people um and uh, i'm sure we'll be talking about that next time that we record um very quickly are you guys playing anything in particular uh now or in future do you guys know what you're going to play uh, laura do I you mean, know what i'm still working my way through Baldur's gate three. Oh yes i believe it's the is it the horniest game of the year i read it's pretty thirsty sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I read that there was kind of like a bug in it, that there was a reason why the NPCs were all so I, I missed out on that. I got, that got patched. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know. There's still, there's still some pretty thirsty Gith Yankees in there, I will say. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm I'm 40 hours in. I, I'm nowhere near finishing Act 1. So, wow. you know, it, I'm not going to be done with that for a while. You'll be, you'll, so, yeah. this, is, this is like Thomas and Midnight Suns. And he put like yeah. 500 hours into that game. It's... I don't, I mean, I hope it's not going to be 500 hours, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm loving it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some very good things about it. Any adventure games on your horizon? I'm looking to, because it's Halloween coming up, I think I'm looking to play and possibly stream. I don't know if you've heard Homebody. Uh, it's kind of a horror, uh, it's a survival horror game, but it's got some kind of, it's a sort of time loop survival horror game. So I think I'll probably be playing that. Cool. Uh, well, I look forward to hearing more about it. And uh, Kieran, uh, yeah, are you playing anything? I've uh, just started playing Vern, The Shape of Fantasy. Ah. Um, oh yes, which, uh, I think Thomas is also playing. Um, so get to get to hear his views as well, possibly. Um, that is, it, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Um, lots of lots of pixel art um, there. Um, yeah, so enjoying that so far. 
Yeah, cool. Um, well, yeah, and I'll be playing hopefully next or soon uh, the Will of Arthur Flabbington, uh, which is, I believe, Tom Hardwich, uh, who developed Lucy Dreaming. I believe he voices the main character. I could be wrong. Ah. Um, but I, I will let people know when I play. And I also want to uh, play Stray Gods. Um, I play. I have that download on my Steam Deck. So that is the, the musical. Well, they call it Opera Chi. I have heard it's more of a visual novel. Um, but I'm still curious to check it out because I don't know of many other musical games, uh, musical narrative games like this. And uh, yeah, so we'll be reviewing, hopefully, well, with whoever is available next month, we'll see, <laughs> uh, after Adventure X. So, uh, well, thank you both for uh, for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Looking forward to seeing you guys in person in Adventure X and anyone else who is listening who will be attending. And uh, still plenty more to come. As I said, I am planning on doing a winter adventure slash narrative game series, and I'll be talking about Phantasmagoria, uh, hopefully just in time for Halloween. So more, so keeper, if you haven't uh, subscribed, please subscribe now so you won't miss out on those. So uh, any parting words? Looking forward to seeing you guys. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, looking <laughs> forward to it. Well, in the meantime, since Thomas isn't here, I'll say it. Keep on questing. <laughs> <laughs>